0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you.
1: Good morning. I love it. I love it when he, um, you know, just talks about the burden of his heart. He's back there in the back and, uh, in his office and I'm back there with him. I'm, uh, back there telling him how what God's given him should be taken to the whole world and he's back there looking through the computer seeing what he's gonna say to you when he gets up here before I do he's passionate about it he's really passionate about it and he's not talking to you about something he doesn't believe in not living that's important for you while I was down there just listening to him and thinking about you Uh, so for example he did a book called what is a man I believe it should go out to the whole world and so the, ten- the tendency for an individual, even who, do- who would write books, is to say, I've written it, here it is, but, you know, it's the people with him that has to say, read it, learn it, and then tell it and spread it. And I want to I take you through this process of saying, there's a reason the world is like it is. And then secondly, you have to ask, who's responsible? you understand, who's responsible for the world being like it is? Now, you might think on an individual level, or you might think on a collective level. For example, to say we are a global power, the number one global power in the world, what does that actually mean? What's the effect of that? And for God to take a nation as young as we are as a nation and make us, uh, I mean, you think of all the media outlets globally, and I look at BB- I listen to BBC News, for example. Just for a minute, just let me bear with me for a minute. And BBC News, actually, in my view, actually do news. They're not necessarily opinion shaping. Now, some of you may think differently, but when I go to CNN News or Fox News or MSNBC News, these people are interpreting information and giving me their opinion about it and I don't need their opinion about it just give me the information and I'll form my own opinion about it. but they're shaping news now in terms of you and me as believers what is our lives about so listen so now so where is the prevailing voice that allows the culture to become what it is where does it come from What allows, for example, a nation to become communist, or socialist, or a nation like ours, one nation under God? What has allowed that? Where did that come from? Well, you do have to go back into history and look at it and see who were the promoters of what our nation has become. Was there something said? Was there something believed? Did people then? change their lives, or conduct their lives based on what was said and what is believed. So when something was formed in a nation, it was based on some kind of information that became a belief system that became a priority that people did in their lives. Now, what your bishop is saying is that in the creative order, which I do want to go back there with you, it starts with a man, and then... God makes a woman. Now, he's in a household and a family. And I said this to you Wednesday, that a family, then every, whether you have the, the nuclear family with a father and a mother, or your dad was never there, or your mother was never there, and you were orphan, you still came as a product of some being, some human being. So you carry the, a genetic order, meaning that you carry the, the X or Y chromosome, you know, from your mom or your dad. And so... Maybe they didn't teach you. Somebody did. Maybe you had to learn from observation. Somebody, But you became something. What you have to get a hold of, and that's where I keep going back to Genesis, is how did God mean things originally? See, now if you go into evolution and you believe in evolution, F, you, you mean you evolved from what? Where did the thing that you evolved from begin? Well, what, whoever puts out that information still has to make you believe that whatever they told you is the starting point of evolution. What was it? So if you were some kind of amoeba or you were some kind of cave person and you evolved from that and you got to where you are from being a cave person. So now uh, I, could go, I won't go farther in that. But evolution. So you believe in circular reasoning, meaning where did the circles begin? See, now it's, it's clearly if you just examine your own heart, you'll discover inside of you that creation itself has to be intelligence. The beginning of it has to be you look at it and, and the Bible actually goes here and it says you can tell there is a God by the things that are made. He's saying you are not so stupid as to think you've come from nothing. He says I've made you to be able to observe the trees, mountains, the moon, the stars, and tell, and he goes so further, he goes further than that in Romans chapter one, and says that there is a Godhead. But you say, then why don't people believe it? Because Christians have allowed for things to be said and things to be believed and things to be done without taking it back to God, the creator. So what happens is some words... Thoughts, ideas began to prevail in a culture and that prevailing word became the dominating premise for how people made decisions. I'm way ahead of you right now. I can tell that. Way, way ahead of you on this. But actually, that's what's happening. There is, There are words right now. Words, you understand, uh, allow people to, for example, to be afraid about what's going on with COVID and to... Be afraid about what's happening over in these other terrorist nations. And uh, th- there's information that's passed. Uh, look, I saw, please just bear with me. This, this, he did the pre- Look, not only that, he took up quite a bit of my time. So it's going to be a little bit longer than normal. So don't worry about it. So, <laughs> so, so you look at this president. He gets up and he says, well, he, he, he's, he compliments himself on getting the soldiers out. And he says, nobody is there in those nations, in that nation that doesn't want to be there. We got everybody out. While he's saying that, a media person, a journalist, is showing on the other half the other people that are still there. In other words, wait, why are you telling this? And then you have the Joint Chiefs, you have the Secretary of Defense get up and talk about what a masterful plan they had to do what they did. Right at the same time? they're showing how this plan wasn't that masterful. So look at this. So you mean you're lying? Well, that's really important to understand. Lying? Of course. Look, that he's, that he's the devil. He's a deceiver of the brethren. And it says in, in, in Ephesians 2 that they're children of disobedience. The devil's children are children of disobedience. In other words, there is a lying spirit that comes from the creator of lies that comes to the children of that that puts that out in the culture so now watch this so if the the leader of a nation is a liar and the people receive that the bible clearly talks about a lying spirit he's spewing out lies if you receive it you become it so you're going to find that those people that receive this president and believe what he said just for example or receive the secretary of defense or receive the joint chief's words and you believe them that spirit comes in the culture and the other fears of influence, law, civil government, education, business and finance, art and entertainment, you'll find lying in every one of the leadership of those other areas so that you'll find a nation becomes a nation that lies. I, numbers of times I, I remember talking with people that was in Russia and, uh, They asked one of the leaders, what is that there? It was a chair, and they said, that's a newspaper. That's so nonsensical to you. Why would you call a chair a newspaper? Because without conscience, they lie. And they're they're raised up as, as children of disobedience. Their master is a deceiver of the brethren. But the deceivers are deceived. And so they not only are deceivers, they can't even tell the truth because they're so far from God. Now, let me go one step further with you in this. See, when Adam first sinned and he listened to the devil right in the garden, listened to his wife who listened to the devil. So then I said this to you, dualism came in. What do you mean by that? That means God had already given Adam a word that would prevail over creation itself. I make you in my image after my likeness, right? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Okay, so you're it, buddy. I I, I called you to be like me. So then he names all the animals. You know, if he named them, he defined them. If he defined them, he understood. So the earth was becoming what Adam was. So that's what you got. You got that. But when he received a word from his wife that went against the word of God, now he has two prevailing words. One word is from the devil, you shall not, see what God said, be fruitful, you don't eat off this tree. He says, you can eat off the tree, it's all right to eat off the tree. So he did he listened to his wife, he disobeyed God. So now there is two prevailing premises, the word of God in him, and now the word from the devil. He received that. So this is where you get the idea inside of an individual, is that you, God, is that My mind, watch, is this right? Is this wrong? Because what is division? Two visions. And that's what happened in Adam. Two visions are there, so it became his children. I've said it before here, the tendencies of the father become the traits of the children. Yes, the children were good ground from the dad and the mom so that the sons and the daughters that he talks about Say, there are lots of sons of dads who have preached the word of God. You can go to the Bible and see that David, you know, Jesus is called David's greater son, yet some of David's sons were nonsense. So there's something that God has to do in the heart of a dad and a mom that prevails in the heart of the sons and daughters, but they still have to be good ground. So the ground that they become inside of them is the effect. That they have, that they will have on the culture. The more they are like God, the more they have a prevailing sense of being leadership. Okay, just bear with me for a minute. So, in the creation, God said to Adam, "Be fruitful, multiply, replenish your earth, subdue it." He's saying, "Lead, lead." You you are made to be in charge. Yes, and I, I don't I don't understand why we don't believe that because. We've had so much. We've had now 6,000 years of words that challenge God's word. And then Jesus came as the son of God. He became the prototype, meaning you want to know what God's like? Guess what? Look at me. And therefore, in every area of legal jurisprudence, in any area where there is systems, where there's leadership, Jesus says, the way I do things is the way my father, the creator, would do them. And then guess what? I'm going to ordain you to be just like me. So for a person not to want to be like Jesus, then in effect, they, they don't want to be like God. We have fallen so far from understanding Jesus that we don't know we've been ordained to be like God and that's what it means to be godly. I'm going to pause on it for a minute. Because godly has to do with whether or not in the minds of people, whether or not you're doing right or doing wrong. God, Lee, is being right in the eyes of God, both in time and eternity. See, what you're being transformed into now is not just so you can be a good Christian and live a good life and have, you know, a successful business. and No, no, no. You are, he sent the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, he's just like me. He's going to take of mine and show it unto you. For you and me not to believe that, is this how far the culture is from God and how the preachers aren't telling you the truth. It's got to be more of an amazement for you to be unlike God than it is for you to be like God. Like Being like God should be natural to every one of us. Being ungodly should be, well, I hate being unlike God. You should hate not being able to work miracles, signs, wonders, not be able to see into the future, not be able to help a person hurting, not be able to have all the resources you need to build all the hospitals, whatever you need. Why? Because you're of God. So one other thing before I jump into scripture, because I'm going to prove this in the Bible. But you you look at it right now and there's something going on with the Prince of England in terms of the person that was over his foundation. And what they're really saying is that the person that was over his foundation have uh, used the influence of giving person honor by giving them these designations. Like, like, um, if you give to this foundation, then I'm going to get the queen to designate you with a special designation that that makes you a person of honor. You're already rich. That's not enough. I want the queen to be able to designate me as being important. So give me, um, like, a title. Thank you, a title. And that will give me credibility with people. And this particular person... You know he's being charged for it well that shows you how desperate inside how empty how money having all the resources you need doesn't fulfill the person inside and what that person doesn't realize is even though somebody gave you a title and a designation that doesn't satisfy you your insides and you'll find it out after you have it for a while after you've gone through now and all your friends know you're called this, you're designated this, that you're recognized and all that, inside you're not going to still be satisfied. The only person that can satisfy you inside is the person that created you. Now, what God did in Christ is made a way you can access the creator himself. Now, what's happened, why the average person don't believe that, why more of the world isn't saved is because the ones who are saved haven't lived up to the standard and convince the culture so that that prevailing word that comes from God is the prevailing thing that penetrates the culture. That's why. Now watch. So, so let's go to scripture now. And let me give you uh, just some scriptures to validate this. You, you got to get this point, people. You're going to live forever. You, you're actually not going to die. Your physical body is going to give out. Now, I've said this to you before because of sin. The only reason this body is going to give out on you is because it's not suitable for your birthright. You are an eternal being inside. What you're being, what's happening is you're being trained to be godly, to be like God. This body here, because it it, it has the Adamic seed in it, it's only going to live a certain amount of time. But the real you The spiritual you, the eternal you is going to live forever. Now you get an opportunity to grow by the leadership of the Holy Ghost into a reality. He mentioned the word religion. This is either religion to you or it's this this guy. What this, this pastor said to me, this bishop said to me, that's real. I see that. Wow. I'm going to be that. Nothing in the earth is worthy of you. There's nothing in the earth that's going to abide at the appearing of God. The only thing that's going to last forever is you. You're going to now you are ordained to be like God while you're on the earth and to go to heaven. So heaven should penetrate the earth in a way that that becomes reality to you. So you don't lie, steal, cheat. Why? Not because it's wrong, but because that's not you. The real you is not a liar, not a cheat. They're not dysfunctional. The real you is on the resource side. You're a giver. You love helping people. You love being a blessing. You love love raising things up to be in better condition, better shape. The real you is a great builder if you're building houses. The real you is a great musician because, look, because you don't even do that for yourself. You do that for yourself. Everything you do is about others because why? Jesus' life was about satisfying his father and meeting the needs of others. Well, he says, the works that I do shall you do also. He's saying you are that way. You are living to satisfy God. To the degree that you don't, there's a disconnect between you and God. The reason for it is those who have the reality of the word isn't penetrating the culture with it. It's got to be so. Now, every revival that you and I know about, every one of them penetrated the culture So that newspaper front page is what was going on with the people of God. I mean, every one of the ones you know, from Jonathan Edwards to going back over to England, to Spurgeon and all those people, those guys, man, they were so amazing. Scores of people wanted to hear words from them. This wasn't the style of preaching, whether they screamed or whether they were articulate, they had a great vocabulary. No, truth penetrated the hearts of people. And people realized, wow, man, the way I've been thinking is wrong. And the way I've been talking is wrong. And the way I've been uh, acting is wrong. They're not feeling just guilty in the wrong. They're feeling I'm below the level I've been ordained to be. So therefore, I repudiate that old life. I accept the new life, the new words. And by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to live at a higher level. Every one of you right now can live at a higher level. It's ordained by God. Because what you've seen so far, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Guess what? That's you. He's prepared you to be amazing because in the creation, God doesn't know how to create average. Average is you. Amazing is God. To the degree that you're average is the degree that you're not yielding to the amazing one. And, it's, and then you accept the opinion of others over the words of God. God don't give opinions. He's truth. He gives command. So what God has commanded of you is you. You know, whether you reject it or not, it's still the word. It's the prevailing word. So what you got to get used to is you want to hear. You say, give me the truth lest I die. Turn to John chapter 14. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. John chapter 14. Now, in that, with that background, you got you to accept this amazement. Now, on your way to John 14, I want to I read to you John 1.12. It says, verse 11, John 1.11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now listen to this. But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, Father, thank you so much for the revelation of your word, for the people that believe on your name, for truth that prevails. Thank you, Lord, that these people are good ground, every one of them. And that revival is not only is happening right here through the transformation of what's happening in men and women's lives, through what's happening in a family. These people are living it out where people can spend time with them and be transformed by spending time with them. To God be the glory. In Jesus name this actually is what's happened so God let him come alive let him marry Yvette the two of them the union of the marriage bed produced children and the children received who they were and became that they weren't just that biologically they had to now receive his word and become that in deity so there are, there are two levels in each of you there's one who you are humanly then two who you are in deity. There is an eternal part of you. What the world majors in is having you emphasize the natural part of you, but you are an eternal being. What you got to spend time doing is consecrating and developing the eternal part of you and letting that predominate because everything, miracles can happen. Wonders can happen. Transformation can happen. I'm I'm, I'm wearing myself out screaming to you. I got to calm down. See, that's what happens when he starts talking first, because to me, he's talking reality. To me, he's telling you the truth. To me, I'm, I'm listening at him. I want to just holler out and scream and uh, just, like, interrupt ghetto, like, go ahead, preach it. But, I, I, you know, when he's talking, it because it's the truth. And I celebrate the truth. I like the truth. And so when God is going to return for a glorious church, so to as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God. So watch this now. Even to them that believe on his name. Birthright. Verse 13. Which were born not of of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of God. Now you hear this? You were born of God. Biologically and spiritually. You you of God. Now think about it. Just think about how many people they don't want to die. They're afraid they're going to die. They got the thing going on with the COVID. They think they're gonna die. They think they're gonna die and they don't understand then why should you live? What should, why should God keep you alive if, if you're not about the one that created you? Why do you want to live a long life? What's so important about your life when you don't have God in the center of it? And some of you, all you gotta do is look at the average family without God and see what happens to their children, see what happens in their relationship. I mean, I, I was with somebody that was a billionaire And while I was talking to this person, they were having, one of them was sick and the person while in a meeting with me was going back and forth dealing with that other mate to try to make sure they get the right medicine because they weren't sure that that person's secretary was going to give them the right medicine. So they had to oversee. So they couldn't even have a meeting with me without. And then eventually that person had many strokes. The two of them separated. They're both billionaires. And eventually, they did. They divorced. I mean, what good was the billions? What good was the marriage if if it wasn't about God and the life of God and that person? I'm sitting in there because that person wanted me to help them do something in terms of the conflicts that's going on in the culture. And when the and when the one of them died, uh, and that person hadn't reached out to me. And then COVID happened. And then, so, Miss Ellenwood, you know her, you met her, talked back with that person, because I don't, I don't talk with them. I, they're good people, but I don't care if you're a billionaire. I, I, and, I, and, I, and I said that to that person, and they they didn't get offended, but they it was pretty close, because I said, I don't care how much money you have, it's, it's irrelevant. And they said, because uh, it took them 13 days to reach me, and they said, you hardly reached the other president. I didn't say this, but Maybe it's because I'm more important than the president. Where can he take you? I can take you to God and resolve the issues going on between you and your husband and your family. So, yeah, so it it wasn't easy because I didn't run back to you because you were a billionaire. I kept my priorities the same for 13 days until finally, okay, I can talk to you. And then it was a phone meeting. You're not going to take that money with you. So if it's not going to be important in the next world, why should I make it important in this world? So you're not all that because you have money. And all you got to do is get with the people that have it. Okay, so now look. So go into chapter 14 of John. Look here now. He says here. And verse 13 and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. Watch this now. Watch this thing. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my suggestions. What? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I think you got it right. Keep my commandments. Now, there are a lot of people that don't live like this. Now, look. That's an extreme kind of statement to make to these disciples. Notice who he was making it to. He's making it to the disciples. Okay? So now, go back with me. So the first Adam replenished the earth. His children were going to be the children that the earth was going to become. Now, I talked about that Wednesday night. And I said, that's really important for you to understand that. That your children, how God was going to run the earth, Adam... Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, dominate. How are you going to do that? Through your children. So let's say God lets him live to be 90 years old. Okay, so what? But how is he going to run the earth? How is the Adamic word going to be fulfilled in the earth? It's going to be through his children. Now watch. So there are two types of children. They are biological children and then there are what? Spiritual children. Now, when you have children that are both, they receive you as their biological father, which is pretty easy to do that when you're raised in a household, but to receive him as their spiritual father, which was the emphasis of the son, that means that they have, he has a double reference context. One relates to this natural life. The other relates to the eternal life. But what he develops his children into on the eternal side is what they are forever. The thing that they are on the biological side, that's not forever. That's only in this life. Why? Because you're being trained for forever life. And your biological children are not your biological children forever. Well, you know that because you don't live forever. But those children you raise up to be born again, not just populate the earth. Now, listen to me. But populate heaven. So this is what you got to understand. So each of you who have been trained by the man of God in the word of God are being trained to occupy the next world. That's why the reference point is the Bible. So what I want to ask you is. How much of this is your priority now? He's got the tan. He's got the boat. So, okay, so he's enjoying life, you know. So where where is Jorge? Jorge, he got a boat too. Okay, you are enjoying the boat? Well, 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 You think boats are only for pagans? You you think that, like Rolls Royce? Now this is what this really will really offend many of you. But what if somebody in here, one of the elders, had a Rolls Royce or two, and a Lamborghini and a Bentley? You'd say, Wow! What are you doing? What? Are you, why do you have to drive that? Why you? Well, wait a minute. there's not going to be any of those in heaven. So you think that the best vehicles and the best houses and the best clothes are only for pagans? The people that don't live for God? But that's how the culture thinks, and they learned that from Catholicism, who swore about about poverty. But when you look at Catholic facilities, any of them. They're all top level quality on everything. It was the first eunuch nation. They were all eunuchs. But those eunuchs don't live poor. They don't spend the money for themselves. So watch. Blessed are the poor in what? Spirit. That's what he's talking about. In other words, you are so humble, you don't have to have anything. The only thing that has you is God. But because God is your priority, you can have the best that is in the world because it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just a useful tool. Why should you go out on the boat and lay back and fish? Because nobody knows your giving habits. Nobody knows how much you give toward God, where you are in your church. You can't let nobody direct you like that. They don't know what you do with your, your money proportionately. Let's say, for example, you're a billionaire. I, I have a friend of mine that's a billionaire, and I remember telling you this, that he said, God, I want to I be able to not just give 10%. I want to live on 10% and give away 90%. I, I can tell you who he is. He's Hugh McClellan, the McClellan Foundation. I, I, so this ain't no hearsay. I talked with him about it. I did fundraising for him. Can you imagine me doing fundraising for a billionaire? That's not who I was talking about before. But this is another one of those. So guess what? His dad dies. They own the Providence Insurance Company. Guess how much money he was overseeing a year? A billion dollars. So what was 10% of a billion then? Huh? A hundred million. So guess what? So what if he was driving... Watch, so he's giving away 900 million and he's keeping 100 billion, 100 million. So let's say he got a big house. Okay, I'm not trying to expose him, but so what if he got a big house? I know who is president of the university that they basically finance. I've been in his house up on Lookout Mountain. The house is probably twice as big as this church. The house he lives in, when you, it's marvel when you go into the the, 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 uh, open the door and see the foyer in that. You see the original artwork. All, they're all paintings in there. You go in the bathroom, it's brass and, and it's amazing in that house. But when you see him on the outside, he's driving a Pontiac. Why? Because he don't want to bring attention. You're not going to get to his house if he doesn't know you anyway. So he's trying to hide what he has. Why? Because the person to hide it from is, is can see it anyway, who is God. You're to live toward God. And you say, well, just because people, if they see this, they're going to really think bad of me? You think they think good of you anyway? Why aren't you more God-conscious than you are people-conscious? Cursed is the man that put his confidence in man and makes flesh his arm. David was the was the, Jesus was David's greatest son. David, rich. Solomon, rich. That whole lineage, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all rich. But they became the patriarchs. They had money, but money didn't have them. You got to understand that you live your life for God, and you—and look—and you and look, and you can't be influenced by people. They'll lead you away from God. Look at the culture right now. What's wrong with them? They've been led away from God so that the culture don't even know what it is to be godly anymore so let me make this statement so you have COVID, right so you got that all over the world do you think those missionaries now this this part that they said about afghanistan they said we've got everybody that want to come out now that i said to that "Mm -mm." but do you think there are people who are americans that don't want to leave absolutely who are they they're the missionaries you can't take me out of the will of God for the sake of trying to preserve my life. I've already given my life. I'm going over there talking about Jesus where I could get killed any day talking about Jesus. Well, in reality, they now are like Jesus because guess what? We're talking about his father. He gets killed. And then for the disciples talking about Jesus, they got killed. For John the Baptist talking about Jesus pre- preparing the way he gets killed. Jesus talking about his father gets killed. Martyrdom is the course of order. But here's what you got to learn. Not death in the flesh physically, but death to the flesh. See, the reason that I have problem with people being scared of COVID is that they're not even on the level of the missionaries. You're soft. This American Christianity in America is soft Christianity. It's not on the level of those people in China. In China, the Wuhan you got, it started in Wuhan? Probably not. But you over there, you think COVID isn't over there? Those missionaries, I don't take you. You're not, not going to get me to come home. I've told you I was going to go to Zambia, and I found out I couldn't go through Johannesburg, but there were some missionaries in one of the churches I oversee, found a way. I told you about it. a little 18-year-old girl found out how to go through the Middle East to get to Zambia. During COVID. But she was over there going over there to do the work of God. She says, if I die doing the work of God, I just die. And I said, look here. And let no little whippersnapper be more serious about God than I am. A no whippersnapper. And then I was on my way up north. I called her daddy up and he didn't answer. And I consecrated him a, a pastor over that particular church. I'm wondering, why isn't he calling me back? I mean, look, I don't do that, you call me back. He didn't call me back. So then when he finally texts me, he says, please forgive me, Bishop, I was over in Zambia, and I was on the airplane when you texted me. If I would have dogged him out, I would have been wrong. Now here he was, just coming from Zambia himself, and guess what, a bunch of other people were over there. See, not everybody is like how you are hearing it on CNN news and the masses of American contemporary Christianity. now everybody's hiding out and not holding the church services, afraid they're going to get it. Because why? They want to keep God strong in their lives. That's the reason that they live. And so there are some people who are embracing martyrdom. So let me just go here with you for a minute. So if my wife dies in the hospital, and I, I, I just showed... Yvette, the picture of her from yesterday. If she dies, let me ask you this question. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Let me ask you that question. Now there's something about Christianity that still you don't get. Let me ask it more further, further, and let's see what you say about that. If she's a Christian and she dies, what did paul say to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord so let me ask it another way is it better for her to be here with me or to be there with the lord see so you know that so what's the sweat about dying See, the only reason i want her to be alive is one and i've given you these two reasons one is romans 8 29 whom he did foreknow, no then he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son In other words, if she is not transformed enough to occupy where God has prepared her mansion, her dwelling place. John 14, in my father's house are many what? Mansion, dwelling places. In other words, she grows into a suitable level to occupy her next responsibility in the eternal dimension. I just went way ahead of you on that one. You got to get it. Look at the word mansion. That thing ain't talking about no house. That's talking about placement. Where you are placed, the level of it is what you would consider a mansion. Because there's no, there's no trash in the next world. Everything in the next world is excellent. I heard a guy, he's the first Baptist guy out of Dallas. I, I, I don't mean to expose him, but he did an exegesis of revelation. And I listened to him. I'm thinking, God, man, you, what did you read? Matthew Henry commentary? I mean, you're saying the same things that most of the commentary is saying, but you are not revealing anything that's fresh. But, he, and he talks about one of his things, he, and he did exegesis of the whole book of Revelation. He talks about the rapture, the great catching away, you know, and these types of things, what's going on. And you're not explaining what is that over here you're talking about. What does that mean when, you say, when you're talking about those two prophets? What is that? What is pre-tribulation rapture? you saying the Bible talks about rapture in the context of getting out of trouble? I mean, on and on and on, I could go into it. The explanation of it is so, like, it's too far back. We, we're supposed to grow, like right now. Uh, science and, and the growth of a culture economic trends, creating markets. This has to do with us growing. The ability now, like, for example, the Ida storm that came through. So I listened to the weather. So I looked at the weather. And look at them, how they track it, and how they look at the intensity, and where it's at, and all that. Well, 100 years ago, they couldn't do that. So how do they prepare for that stuff? The, the idea is that we, we grew in technological understanding. We grew in uh, the ability to be able to, to track weather conditions and those kind of things. Well, well, how have we grown spiritually then? If, you can, if we grew in terms of, of, of the weather, what do you call that, that? Meteorology. If we grew in that area, why didn't we grow spiritually? Where are we in God? You hardly see it. We're still tracking first century understanding 2,000 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus, nobody could go to heaven as an everyday practice. God had to come to man, but Jesus made a way that now we can go to God. The great challenge is not enough people are going there. Hebrews chapter 4. And we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to the will of God, we know he hears us. In other words, you and I now through Christ have the ability to go to heaven before we actually die. I guarantee you this. My level of devotion toward God has nothing to do with what I know theologically. And I do think I got all of this in my books. I I feel like I don't know why I don't promote them enough. But I I talk in this in the, in this book, I have identified and put out some amazing. Did, did, I gave them away during the eight eight. Did you read it? Did you see what was in it? Did you see how? So when you write something, I can be progressive in it in such a way and validate points made in the scripture. I ain't trying to do, well, it's not a bestseller because I gave it away. But did you relegate it as unimportant? Do you understand what's in this? I mean, I read it back. So, so before when I did I did the 21-day fast and I did the early morning prayer. So what God had me do was to reread my own books. What I realize is I'm not conscious of that. God gave me this stuff that's in it. And then this morning, which may be the next service, I'll go into your journey with God. I mean, the Bible says if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged. How do you judge yourself? What's the basis of it? And what, what are the categories? And what do you judge yourself for? I'm telling you people, this whole life is for Eternity. This whole life isn't about your well-being here. He says, Jesus said it, in much tribulation shall you enter into the kingdom of God. America is the soft country. Living for God here is the easiest place to live for God. Now you might say, well, we got all these. Uh, No, no. No, no. The biggest challenge in the last century the church has had and I'll say it the last half century, is this COVID thing that's going on. And it's really not a challenge to us, not to a serious Christian. So I want to tell you this, that for your bishop right here, I didn't change anything about what I would do for God if I got it and died. Hey, look, Bishop Larry Jackson has it now, right? You got numbers of you have had it. Bishop Larry Jackson, my bishop that you saw 8-8, he's got it. His wife has it. His daughter has it. So what? God could have kept them from getting it. But God isn't just looking at the fact that he has it. He's looking at how he handles it. And guess what? His daughter was to be married yesterday. So he canceled the wedding, right? But he still married him. She had it, he had it, the wife had it, and the the person that she was going to marry already had it. So he didn't have to worry about getting it. So you know what Jackson did? Better to marry than to burn. Married them. Going to have a wedding some other time in the future. They married now. They got married yesterday. There's some things that by the circumstances you don't cancel. Some things you face them. And you beat them. And you win in life for God's sake, for the glory of God. You represent the glory of God in tragedy and trouble. See, like I I, I said, I was a friend. I don't know. I don't know what kind of. Some Christians, I don't know. But Franklin Graham. I guess he might call me a friend. It's according to when my name comes up. But I know him. So here we were doing a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Franklin was the speaker. I was the speaker. And Franklin came in, flew his own jet. So, like, all these people are fussing at Creflo Dollar because he wants to buy a jet. Franklin Long had a jet. Rick Joyner owned a company where he sold jets. Ain't no big deal owning no jet. You say, well, he's gonna get a golf string. So what? Do you know what that guy does for God? What are you complaining about? You don't know the impact he has. You don't know his giving habits. I, I can go there with you. I know some of the things he does. See? But what I was gonna say about Franklin is: so here I was in Tulsa. Franklin came in, the weather got terrible, man. The lightning, like the lightning comes up here. The lightning man, you got some nasty lightning storms over here. POW! Boom! Lightning flashing everywhere. And Miss Ellenwood, who was at my house, got the, the, the blinds open on the window. Lightning's flashing in because she likes light coming in. Oh, so you like lightning coming in, Miss Ellenwood? She's listening to me right now. I, I, I close those blinds as soon as I can. No lightning coming in. But it does. So, so I say to Franklin, with his thundering and lightning out there after the meeting. I said, are you going to fly back out of here and go back to where you're going? He says, um, yeah. I said, well, what about the lightning? I mean, you, I mean your, your plane isn't um, lightning proof. Thank you very much. You know what his comment to me is? I got things to do. I got to die something. Now, I'm not that quite that yet. <laughs> was going, if they let me out, I'm going to fly right through that thing to go back to where my assignment is. But I guarantee you also this, down there in New Orleans, where Ida came, all those people that got, guess who's also going to be down there? Franklin Graham. That's Samaritan's Purse. In other words, I got to respect that. Jesus has won the victory over death. And hell. And the grave. And you got to conquer death. While you're living. Because if you don't conquer it. There's certain things God can't get you to do. When there is trouble. Yet there's nobody there to go to the trouble. If God doesn't send us. Somebody has to be brave. When times are dangerous. Got to be you. Got to be me. Why? Because we're not going to die. We're going to live forever now let me just go ahead and wind it up i hate it he, he took up quite a bit of my time and i i enjoyed it plus i egged him on with it too because i like it i just i just really like it if you clearly read what jesus said about the disciples i gotta i gotta help you and quote it with you so jesus tells adam replenish the earth right so Jesus comes as the last Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, and he comes to his disciples, and he tells the disciples, all authority has been given to me. Now go into the world, right now, he says this, and teach all nations, make disciples. So watch So the first Adam populated the natural earth. Christ, the last Adam, is populating the spiritual earth. He says in John 14, teaching them all things whatsoever I've taught you. Wait a minute. You mean I, I have all that in me? Yes, because they didn't have notes. It wasn't going to be like me. I got, I got books and notebooks and stuff I've written on and papers and all that. Mm-mm. They're going to go out because they became what Jesus fed them. And Jesus said, you go out, and this is not memorization." This is transformation. They were going to teach what they had become, not just teach what they learned. You got to get this. Let me say it again about now. Pastor Jose take notes every time he speaks. And then by what he does every morning by his devotional, you can tell he's in the word. He's in the word and he's trying to reach people no matter what. He's not going to be judged by how many people he reaches, but his faithfulness and putting the word out. God's going to say, "Okay, your mansion is going to cover this realm of the galaxies. How large is the galaxies? Not so large that we're not going to have responsibilities in them. Worlds without end. You're going to cover responsibility for ages. Why? because you're going to be ageless. Let me go on this side. This side may get what I'm saying. In other words, look, the reason I don't want to die before I get, one, transformed into his image, and two, before I fulfill what God has me alive for, is so that God can say to me, faithful, faithful, faithful. So my proportional faithfulness here in the earth We relate to a responsibility in heaven. So my measure of rule, my mansion, my dwelling place, my authority, because Jesus says all authority has been given to me both in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go ye. So they're proving themselves on the earth. But Jesus says, I have the authority in heaven and in earth. So since you and I are going to go to heaven and he's already in heaven, he's going to share his heavenly realm of authority with us in the next world. What can he give you in the next world if you don't devote your life to him in this world? You're proven unworthy of responsibility in the next world because of your unfaithfulness in this world. Well, I'm telling you, your life is about the next world. So again, go back to the point. First Adam populated the earth. Christ is now, through people being born again, is populating the heavens. These are born-again people more real than us physically being right here. They're more real. We are in our inner man more real than our physical body. So when I say to you, you're not going to die, the real you is not going to die. So I make the point, you're going to live forever. The only issue is where. So these attachments that you have now, you prove out, like it says to a child, that says, children, obey your parents. So let's say you die as a child. You go, oh! child died and all this your child wasn't about you and your happiness your child was about you and your training that child if that child died young what did you put in them to occupy the next world parents raise your children up in the fear and admonition of god so did you train them for forever or you train them just so they can get a good job in the earth see in other words if a child dies young says he measures the, the earth or the world by the span of his hand. In other words, imputation. I've said that to you before. So the distance between this thumb and the longest finger, God looks at creation and knows exactly the size of it. It's called imputation, account. That's how God can see things. He doesn't need to see it all the way. He can measure that and tell what's there. Well, guess what? you're made to be like that too. All the planning you do for education systems, the planning you do for governments, the planning you do for set up roads, what you call, what the, the president and the staff does in terms of, they're talking about now, this bill in the Congress, infrastructure bill. So there's somebody that has to plan that stuff out, right? They gotta look at how long a road will last and the, under certain conditions the, with the weather. Somebody has to plan all that out. Well, that's God's ability. That's, God's, that's not man's ability. That's God's ability being used by man. So if a man can do that in the earth, then, that, then God in heaven can do that in the heavens. The difference is God doesn't need any external instrument. He is the instrument of all planning. But that ability is in you. So now let me take you way out there. So if, if the first Adam and his children occupies the earth, in other words, we're all the genetic children of Adam. So I asked the question in which I, I'm so blessed by you, Pastor, saying it. Uh, the other day I said, will you be over a planet? And, and then I said, I already told you that. And he says, I said, well, what do you mean over a planet? I said, that's already happened. He said it out loud. That's already happened. We already are. And I said, who? And yes, thank you. I right. thank you for doing that. I, I, I asked her to do that too, I wanted to do it. But I would like your son to sing a song uh, to end it for, for me, please. Uh, I would like for him to do it. But let me, let me just say this, please. this is hugely important. So, somebody is running the earth right now. Don't you understand what that is? In every area you can think about, somebody's in charge of something. Somebody is a worker, somebody is an administrator, and somebody's a president and in charge of it. So do you think that came from the devil, the principle of structure? No, that came from God. Everything in the heavens is structured. So he let Adam populate the earth without explaining to him the nervous system or how the brain works or how the heart works. It was in him to understand it. He never would have had been taught anything because he was made in the image of God. So now in the next world, you're born of God and God is looking at what you allow to come into you from heaven. And so therefore, you're going to know as you are known in the next world because that knowledge is already in you by you being born again. It's just that you're not cognitive of it. In the brain, the brain is in the natural dimension. The mind is in the soul, the spiritual dimension. When he says you have the mind of Christ, he didn't say you have the brain of Christ. The mind of Christ, that means you mind things that go beyond this world. You pay attention to how the Holy Spirit is moving. You're sensitive to atmospheres. You understand angelic presence. You, you you want the Holy Spirit to help you. This is mining spiritual things. That's really the real you right there. That's the forever you. So if you're always thinking about, I don't have enough money. Look, my wife is going to die. What those nurses doing. You know, I, don't th- that comes to me. I, I saw a nurse, one of the orderlies, put my wife up on this thing to move her from the bed to the chair. And I'm thinking, if that thing breaks, my wife is being dropped. And then it comes to me, this is the devil. I wonder if they've ever dropped her. Because she immediately grabs this thing. So she got some cognitive understanding of, so your prayers are working. Because she wouldn't grab that, thinking that she could fall if she didn't, if she wasn't being transitioned, transformed in some way. So, so I say to God, she's yours more than she is mine. I can't just be thinking about the orderlies. So go there with me for a minute. So you are made to live forever. You've got to have God intersect your life so you're thinking about What about you that you take with you in the forever realm? Humility, peace, joy, love, serving. These are eternal qualities. There's nothing else, you don't take with you. Money, position. I mean, I'm talking about all this earthly stuff you got. You you are going to be used by God, listen now, to populate the heavens. I'll go into that in the next service. I'll show you clearly in the Bible what that is. If you just think life is all about preserving you, you get healed, you get delivered, you get a new job, you get a new house, all of it is going to burn your house, your job. You're not even going to be able to have your wife or your husband, your mom and your daddy. They don't. That's not the next world. That's this world. There's something about it that you got to get because the glorious church that He's going to return for, they're going to be heavenly minded. They're going to be godly. They're not going to be acculturated. Look, I don't. I don't see any. African-Americans in here. You think I'm looking for African-Americans? That's a culture. I'm looking for godliness. I'm looking for humility. I'm looking for hunger. I'm looking for passion. Because those things you take with you. There's something about this man and his son and particularly his son that relates to an ability to access God through the gift that God's given him for this generation he's starting it out in this church but he is going to be expansive God is going to take him and bring a divine worship to our generation through his life and when you listen today don't listen at ability listen at availability listen at his heart and see if this is not a promotable heart this is not a promotable spirit when i first heard him the stinging ability got me but the heart took me over he is just like he in the natural and preaching. He's that way in music. He's exactly the same person, only in a different dimension. Go ahead and take it. Let the world hear God to you and appreciate the worship of angels.
2: For God to love this world, He gave His only Son. And whoever would believe will never die. For God love this world, He gave His only Son. And whoever would believe beyond the boundaries of His grace and there's resurrection power in His name what's His name?
0: family growing up in my dad's home we had it all here and in Christ we brought it down here and what he's singing could stay there if you don't invite him to come and be a greater part of your family in your life when we became Christians it was very difficult to separate the people and the God because There was always an interference. This this guy's a jerk. And then I I had to struggle with that because God says, I've allowed you to see the defect in man so you don't stay at man, but you come to me. You guys understand that? that? What Bishop was just talking about here is a reality that God has for you If you're the type of person that gets stuck on people, you miss God. And he had to show me that very early on. I was like, you know something? He he told me precisely, I'm allowing you to see the clay, the vessel is defective. The substance is perfect. So don't get stuck on people because then the devil will use that to keep you away from everything God has for you. And that way we won't put man where he doesn't belong on a pedestal and above God. Paul uses these words in 1 Corinthians 9, 26. I don't wanna be one of those that's swinging at the air. If you're a boxer, you don't wanna spend more time trying to hit the target than hitting the target because it gets exhaustive. So he says, I don't run with uncertainty. I'm not just all over the place. Like Brandon was saying last night to your children, he's a God of boundaries and he doesn't want your emotions to take you out of God's boundaries because you'll miss God. There's a powerful message last night. You should watch it with your children and discuss it. He says, thus I fight not as one beating the air. I don't want, I've, <laughs> when I was a kid, I learned that really quick. Whenever I got in a fight in the neighborhood, they spent all the energy throwing punches. I was waiting for the one punch, the one that connected with the nose and, and that meant something the other person was like swinging, 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 swinging just getting exhausted and there's a lot of Christians that are exhausted because they're not hitting the target verse 27 he says therefore I discipline my body and bring it to subjection because after having told so many people about God I don't want to be disqualified how horrible it is that God is calling you to be qualified and you're disqualified you didn't meet the cut and then the opposite word is not be disqualified, disqualified but being approved, that God will give you a thumbs up. And that's what we're headed for. That's what I want. Um, and then obviously the devil wants to give you everything in this world. The Bible says that he took Jesus to a high mountain, showed him all the glory of the kingdoms of this world, it says, I could give them to you. You could say, I don't want them. Cause I already have a kingdom. It's a kingdom of peace and joy and righteousness. And when I want to inherit this to my children. I want to give it to my grandchildren. One of the biggest challenges Yvette and I had early on in our ministry, the people would says, well, you love God and you're serving God, but your kids are not. I said, if I can't give the kids what I have, then I don't want to give it to anybody else. If my kids don't get the peace and the joy and the reality of God, then my ministry is a failure. father thank you for what you've shared to us today we've been in the house of the lord we've heard the word of god from the man of god we are the people of god allow us to make this a reality that's genuine in our lives so that we can reach out to others that are lost and that are blind and that have not heard of your love we pray your blessing upon every family represented here lord we pray father god that the that what you say in your word you and your household shall be saved that we say amen to that lord that is your promise what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you should visit him your ministry to our children is so important capture their hearts lord and allow us not to be a stumbling block to them coming to the source of life the source of peace the source of joy and all things in this world everything is something that we can partake, Father God. But give us a heart for you. Give us a heart to pursue you and to find you. And you said we would find you when we search you with all of our hearts. So bless the families, bless their finances and the provision and their hopes and the dreams, the fulfillment of all things you have for us in Christ. As we pursue Christ, seek first the kingdom of God, the government of God, the, the mind of God. And all things will come and shall be added. We're not like the Gentiles running around to and fro trying to find answers. You are the answer. You are the source. So your blessing upon your people and this week be bountifully involved in proclaiming your goodness to all people in every direction. Prepare our hearts for what's going to happen in Leesburg with the men, Father God. One man that you're able to touch could change the whole generation for your glory, Lord. One person you're able to touch, and then the heavens are open with resources beyond everything we could do on our own strength. Be glorified, forgive our sins, wash us, cleanse us from every interference that hinders us from pursuing and thinking about you, surrendering totally to you, oh God. For in you is... Our lives are hidden in Christ, oh God. Yes, we pray, Father God, that you pray uh, that you bless Catherine Boone, Lord, and that her restoration would be whole and complete. We trust you, oh God, that are capable of a doing exceedingly, abundantly, and beyond what we even know how to pray and ask. That we might rejoice in the victory in the times to come. Thank you for your goodness in this place. Thank you for our families. We pray that we would be the source of inspiration for people to draw near to you that your Holy Spirit would abound, oh God, in our thoughts, in our words, directing our, st- uh, our steps. We bless you, we celebrate, and we rejoice in your goodness. In Jesus' name and the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Tomorrow there is men's meeting. We're going to make an exception. Usually we take a break on, on Labor Day. But because we have this conference coming up, we want all the men that are not going to be out of town to be present. Eight o'clock at night, we're going to have a powerful time getting prepared for Leesburg. God bless you.